you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. Teaching about what you know, and then I feel like, is this why people don't like me? You know, <laughs> I've been doing that since I was fourteen, though. And going, Rick, yes, this may be why, why people, people don't, don't like you. <laughs> yes, sir. I don't know. This is the how, how Sal. Is, you're the you're the deciding vote. I, I like you both, but I guarantee that is behavior. That <laughs> 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 is why people. <laughs> Well, how often do you answer a, a stranger's question at a bookstore? I do all the time. They're looking. For I know, and I'm embarrassed yeah. but I, uh, that, that you do that. But I'm yes, just, I, I just think it's a nice thing to do for people. I know you do. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I chime in sometimes and realize, oh. Yeah, I, I, I try to stop myself. I'm, I'm with you that I go, well, I know. I know the answer, and I could. And then I think sometimes people just think you're an idiot when you do that. Not you. I mean, but I think they're just like, they, they, they just don't appreciate it. People don't want help. I get thank you notes afterwards. You know, they ask. You know. <laughs> really, I think I think we need to change your meds uh, or your programming. I'm not sure which it is. So uh, yeah, yeah. I know you said that before. I said that, that night we were at dinner after Cinequest, and I said that's why I, I uh, passed out the survey cards after we. You know, how, how was Rick's behavior to you as a server? <laughs> you know, so ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's right. You're going to be you're on this the, the shared universe panel this weekend. I'm with you on that and on the podcast, and then I'm also on what's the other one? Oh, I'm on a podcast 101. Yeah, Steve I did not, you're I, owning Bacon. I did not realize that I didn't have anything on Sunday, so I'm like excited. It's like, oh, that's the pool day. There you, you know? go. Well, I just said Luke can pack, yeah. you know pack his suit. Nice. They have a pool there, right? I, I think do. I vaguely recall. Oh no, it's a high school. But I I, I I never go swimming, so yeah. you know it's. Uh, so yeah, we're it's we're, pool, it's we're owning bacon. Three owning panels, bacon. three panels a piece. That's oh. uh, yeah, yeah. That's owning it. Or they're overworking you. Uh, they better yeah. have an HDMI cable, or Luke will never forgive me. So that, you know, you can play Injustice Two all weekend long. You're gonna, you don't have one to bring, or no? I do. You, you I mean, mean, I mean, an outlet, outlet. outlet yeah. And the, and the they undoubtedly do. You I may, would assume you they might do. have to call housekeeping and have them open it up for you. I've had to do that before. Okay, well, that's a good tip. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I tell it to people all the time. They give me thank you letters. It went up from notes to letters, and, then, <laughs> and apparently, uh, and Rick Soon has the entire <laughs> boom. They wrote a sonnet to his me scrapbook. Thank oh, you, Rick. Boxes of candy or nuts. Oh, oh, Brett Schneider, we're so yeah. I got nothing. Um, <laughs> the coffee has not kicked in. The traffic has been bad. All right. So, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting, what's today, the 24th, 24th. right? 24th. That's right, because tonight Wednesday the 24th. is the night before, 40 years ago, Yep. tonight, we were going, huh, I wonder if I get to see Star Wars uh, this weekend. 
Uh, so I don't know about you guys. That's what I was. Is that what you were doing? Well, because I was 11 and couldn't drive myself and just yes. decide to go. Uh, but that's right. So it is the May 24th. We are podcasting from the Coffee Orchard Valley. Is that right? It's not Orchard, Orchard Valley Coffee. The Coffee Orchard Valley Coffee dot com is there. You okay? Are. But it shows up on uh, on. Uh, the map apps uh, as uh, as Coffee Orchard Valley, and then the sign outside says Coffee on top. So I guess that was the confusion for the I, app. I've always seen no, it. No, you're yeah. right. It must be Orchard Valley Coffee. But yeah. anyway, so because Coffee Orchard Valley is stupid. <laughs> yeah, but we're recording. Don't be judgmental. <laughs> so anyway, no, I mean just the idea. Yeah, coffee of course, Orchard it's Orchard Valley. Valley. Of course, it's Orchard Valley yes. Coffee. Look, I'm just going what Waze told me. So anyway, uh, we are here, and uh, it's a lovely place. And this is also a historic place because it is from this very, well, actually, it was that table over there. We launched Fanboy Planet 3.0. sure it wasn't right here? I think it was right here. Were we this close to the pastry case? Because I don't know that I would have, I don't know what I've been able to concentrate. I'm sure we weren't on, like, the little tiny tables. Did no, we do, did we do two? No, we were that one. Maybe, maybe we took two together. Uh, maybe we Isn't this scintillating listening, people? This is the part you'll edit out, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Anyway, of course, you're hearing other voices here. We have a special guest with us tonight, so please introduce yourself um, on this, the Tribble. On the Tribble, this is Sal Pizarro from the Mercury News. Yes, and and across recording all this and hoping that he doesn't have to cut too much. Rick Brett Snyder. That's right, our podcast producer. And uh, we may have another guest coming in a little later. Uh, we'll see if the traffic does well enough there. Who we, knows? We may have somebody we don't even know join us. It, it has been known to it happen. Has happened. I did run into Paul Cunha earlier from Seven Stars. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. Not Elusive. necessarily one of the people. Who no, no. I ran into him at, at Elusive Comics and Games. Which right. Is, I don't know why I'm always startled to see him there, even though I know perfectly well that he shops there. That's where we met him. Yes, that's true. Actually, no. I think I actually met him. When he was a bartender at the Coach House. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, you used to hang at the Coach House. No, 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 it was the party that Lon had for Crackpot Comics. Oh, then I was there, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's where we first met him. Right. I like that Rick thinks he used to hang at the Coach House, though. That, that well, implies I, a, a secret origin. No, he, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's, it's because uh, there, the Coach House was a, was a place that Lon liked to go to a lot. And, yes, and, yeah. I, and I think it's because of Paul. And it's assumed that you went with your buddy. I did not. No? No. Because uh, it's closer to your house. It really wasn't. No. It's very far away from my house. Just as, just as everything me. is. Yeah, right. yeah, everything is. Because okay. yeah. um, I live over by Google. Okay. So, you know. Anyway, uh, so we are here to talk about comics, movie news, TV news, and why we have... We're always happy to have uh, Sal. We have Sal here whenever we can come up with an excuse. Well, the, oh, that's a really horrible segue into tonight's excuse. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> Sorry. You won't be getting a thank you note. Uh, this, you know, we brought Sal in because he is the James Bond expert, uh, and... Uh, I noticed this yesterday uh, with uh, with the, the Scott Guggenheim's talking about uh, you had been hosting a, a James Bond yes. uh, film festival or film series at the, at the Retro, Retro Dome, which is still looking for a home but may soon have a, a major announcement. And that was a really cool event. Oh. And, of course, the reason we're, that uh, I messaged you today is that yesterday... The first of the, not the first James Bond, but the first of the actors to portray James Bond to pass away. In the movie. Roger so, right? Moore. 
Well, we can call it Bond Canon. You're right, Barry Nelson. Barry Nelson. Yes, yes, yes. And for David Niven and Peter Sellers. And, yeah. but, but they're not, it's well, not Bond. Of the James Bond Canon Bond, yes. let's say. Right, yeah. Roger Moore was the first to die. Yes. And he was the oldest, so perhaps it's not it's true. entirely surprising. That is something a lot of people didn't realize, yeah. that Moore was older than Connery. Mm-hmm. He was uh, three years older, and, and he his last film, he was like 58. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, That's right. When it, when it was released, he was 57 when it was released. Uh, a View to a Kill? A View to a Kill, filmed in the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. You know, Max Zorn, Chris, played by Christopher Walken, tries to drown Silicon Valley with an earthquake, and Roger Moore has his walker and... Uh, and no, stops him on no, the no! Bridge. I just no. remember his twinkle. And his he has that that crazy video game sequence with him. Uh, no, no, that's no, in never said never again. Is that never said? Oh, you're that's right, Sean right. Connery that's, and Klaus yeah, right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, no, Roger Moore rides a horse in that one. He's on top of the Golden Gate Bridge, yes. and he attempts. Uh, he cooks quiche for Tanya Roberts, mm. who he discovered during the production of the film that he was older than Tanya Roberts's mother. And he claims that's when he realized it might be time to hang it up. That he's older than the Bond girl's mom. Mm. And, you know, and the weird thing to think about is that as old as Sean Connery was, I mean Sean Connery, uh, Roger Moore was at the time, that's about how old Tom Cruise is going to be when he's making the next Mission Impossible movie. Tom Cruise is 55. I realize that, and this is one of those things about how maybe our vision of what is older has changed, or, or, or what 55 looks like when you realize, say in the Doctor Who franchise, shall we, the series, what? Peter Capaldi took the role at the same age that the first Doctor, William Hartnell, took at the age mm-hmm. of 58, and yet you would not think those two guys no. were the same age. So it's a, it's think, a difference. We, we, yeah, we're, we're aging just healthier. Yeah. We're just aging yeah. healthier. Or yeah. doing whatever. We understand that you need to be active. You need to keep your mind engaged. You, you feed know. on the blood of the youth. Yeah. So it's true. Yes. I mean, sh- I'm sorry. I gave the don't 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 be telling people about our secrets. I'm sorry. Yes. It's uh, it's, it's really all in the pineal glands. Um, but anyway. But I think I think you. Know, we've talked about this that you know Roger Moore is a lot of times uh, parodied or. Uh, thought poorly of as being the, the funny Bond, the comic Bond. Smug. You know, smug. The, 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 you know, he acted with an arched eyebrow, but, you know, for me, as someone growing up in the 70s, he was my James Bond. He yeah. was the Bond. I, you know, the first Bond movie I saw in a movie theater was The Spy Who Loved Me. I have some memory of that. The first one I wanted to see was Moonraker, which, say what you will, I was seven at the time. Yeah. Was, you know, I loved it. Um, they were all films of the time. Moonraker was... The, and people fact, forget that. Yeah. you know. I mean, because I'm sure that if you go back to even Connery's, there are elements, certainly elements of those that are of the time. Yeah. Very much. And I know we've gone over, like, favorite Bond movies and so forth, but you say, I, I, Spy Who Loved Me was the first one I ever saw, but it was on cable. First time I ever got to see, like, I don't even know if it was HBO at that time, or what was the... There was something before HBO... That like Z cable companies, so maybe it was Z Channel. It was like over at a friend's house, and they had it. And so I watched The Spy Who Loved Me. I think the first movie I saw in a theater, the Bond that I saw in a theater, was Moonraker. Um, but you know, he spoke of himself as he said he was a man of limited talents. But I, I've been pondering this all day that 
the thing is that in a lot of ways the people that we make movie stars really are people of limited talents there's something about who they are right. that we love in role after role after role you know people speak how daringly like you brought up Tom Cruise how Tom Cruise essentially plays variations on the same person every you know there have been a couple times he stepped out but even when they talk about how great he was in Tropic Thunder I've never understood why people thought he was so fantastic in Tropic Thunder because he just put on a bunch of prosthetics right. but he still looked like Tom Cruise and still acted like Tom Cruise and that was the joke he was still Tom Cruise right you know they go ooh it's so different it's like no 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 it's just prosthetics that's all it was um, you know, for God's sakes, Octopussy had Bond in a clown outfit. You know, so and and, and he act, he'd never acted better. Right, it was one of the best scenes in the movie is when he's defusing a bomb in a clown outfit. <laughs> yes, but yeah. you know, I mean, I think it, it's true. Roger Moore's it's true. The, the charm of Roger Moore is that he essentially, from what we can tell, played Roger Moore when he was, and you wanted to be him, or yeah. you wanted to know him. I well, mean, I mean, go all the way back, go like the Saint. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's Clown. go further back, which I've never actually watched. But Maverick, Maverick, how people talk about him on Maverick, and I've seen a couple episodes. And another like, s- another series I didn't know he'd been on called The Alaskans, which apparently oh. shared scripts and just changed locales with Maverick. So when they needed him to step into Maverick, it was perfect because he was yeah, already right. he's already script. done some of the scripts. <laughs> he was a gold miner in this show called The Alaskans. It's totally forgotten. Yeah. But Maverick, I've seen, I think, one or two. The Saint, I love. That was like one of my college shows. It oh, was the on Saint. KTLA yeah. showed it every afternoon, and so it was like, oh, good, I don't have class. I can watch The Saint. And discovering that, I love Good God. The, the, uh, the, the books, The Saint, I discovered because of watching the TV show. Oh, yeah. Which were very different. Yeah. Than, yes. Really good. Than them. So. Which is disappointing if you're 12 years old and you... And you expect The Saint right, to be... expect The Saint to be The Saint. <laughs> Well, I want to say that as a result of, like, I go into these wiki wormholes, and as the AV club calls them, when you start researching things, and I went, oh, Roger Moore, I want to research The Saint. And then going back and discovering um, Dan Stevens, that they're trying to make a TV series revive The Saint with Dan Stevens as The Saint. That would be interesting. Cool. Uh, a very good choice. And, of course, they made that really not good movie of Val Kilmer. I've never seen that. I actually movie. like the Val Kilmer movie. You know. But it's but it has always sounded to me like it's not the same. Like it could have been any character. I think it's closer to the It's probably it might be closer book. to the books. Yeah. But what what they did is it's been a long mis- time since I read the mistake any of the that they, stuff. That they made yeah, it didn't take place in nineteen twenty nine. It wasn't close enough. Okay, the mistake <laughs> they make with a lot of uh, franchise characters like that now is where they want to say, oh, this is how he became the same. Right. And yeah. we don't want to see that story. We want to see well, him. I think be- that's going to that's gonna swap back. But let's go back to Roger Moore. Yes. And, and, and focus there. Well, my favorite was The Persuaders. Because I thought he he was just so wonderful as the counterpoint to um, Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. Uh, I've only seen one of The Persuaders. You've really only seen one? That. Oh, man. Oh. You know, and a, and a really obscure—I mean, obscure now—movie that I loved him in because it was so strangely anti-Bond and yet still an action hero. Folks, folks, folks. Oh, I knew you were going to say folks. Yes. Oh. oh, read that book. You know, found. found you know, I, Roger Moore led me to a lot of literature. It's quite on. You know, like going like finding the books that. that they, well, they, and, and isn't that the movie? I think that sort of, you know, proves what I or is the exception that proves my rule that Roger Moore was playing Roger Moore. Because he's not. Because he is so not that Roger Moore character in folks. He is unrecognizable. Uh, and for those listening, that's with two Fs. 
F-F-O-L-K-E-S. Lowercase Fs, by the yes. way. Yes, yeah. You've forgotten one, uh, you've mentioned a number of them, that, but I know there's one James Bond movie that you've forgotten that he was in. Okay. Cannonball Run. No, okay. I, which I which I, I posted that scene uh, on, on my Facebook page oh, yeah? of Sydney Sydney Goldmark, which is my favorite thing about, because when that movie came out, so many people were like, well, Roger Moore says Roger Moore, and I said, no, no, no. Even as a kid, I was like, that is the best joke ever. That he's a guy who thinks he's Roger Moore. Right. And isn't. He's clocked and knocked down. Yes, yes. I posted that clip. It's just such a great... And I saw it. I think I saw that on HBO. And and by that time, I'd become a Bond fan. So it was the Bond element that made me want to see Cannonball Run. And I I just... I loved it. I loved those scenes. I loved the way, you know, where he's... When I was filming The Fly Who Bugged Me in Egypt, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, ah, oh, it was it I was mean, boring. those movies are a mess, but that Roger Moore had that great a sense of humor. But you can really tell that everybody who was in that movie was having a great time doing it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And then his work afterwards, I mean, there's another one who, after he stepped away from the film, he'd done a, he did a, a few movies, he was in... The thing people don't like it. He was the guy who replaced Peter Sellers as Clouseau in the the Curse that, of the Pink oh, Panther. Yeah. In just in a yeah, just a brief, brief, a brief right, scene, uncredited right, right. cameo. Yeah, uh, he was in Boat Trip with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, so you know, like he just he did these things. Sure. But he did more, some sort of comedy with Michael Caine, I think. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. He, he he was just he was doing stuff for a lark. Mostly devoting his time to being a UNICEF children's ambassador, trying to make people's lives better. I'm sure you've seen CNN ran with this anecdote. Did you see the, the, the yeah about the, the, the kid who met him on an airplane. Did you see this story, Rick? No. So oh. this ki- this this guy wrote this about having met Roger Moore. He was on a plane with his grandfather, and Roger Moore was on the plane, and he said, "That's James Bond, Grandpa. Can you get his autograph?" So the guy walked over got his autograph, came back and said, Roger Moore. And he was seven, so he was disappointed. He thought it was right, James Bond. Right. So, so the grandfather went back and said, I think we got the wrong one. And then he, the boy went over to talk to and Roger Moore waved him over. So he went up to talk to Roger Moore, and Roger Moore said, you're very clever. Uh, I can't sign my name, James Bond, because I don't know if any which of the people, the stewards on this plane, might be agents of Blofeld. And so I have to travel as Roger Moore. So then this guy becomes a reporter as an adult. He's on some set, meets Roger Moore again, tells the anecdote, and Roger Moore says, oh, I don't remember that, but that's really, you know, that's wonderful. I'm glad you had a great personal encounter with James Bond. And then about half an hour later, Roger Moore is walking out of the studio, takes the guy aside and said, of course I remember meeting you. But I didn't know which of those cameramen were Blofeld's agents. <laughs> so, I, like, that was amazing. It's an amazing story. And that made me cry. I was just like, yeah. what a great guy he was. You know? And of all the Bonds, I think Roger Moore embraced that role more than any of them. He loved being Bond. He loved everything that came with it during you know, the making of the movies. And he loved... Being a Bond ambassador after that, he loved doing. The, if you've listened to the commentaries he's done on the DVDs, he had a great time making the movies. He loves to talk. I about should open it. that box. I you should. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I'd love to know what Sean Connery thought about making movies, but he, he hated he, it. He hated the whole experience 
Um, no, I mean, that's the thing. Is that I was reading. Were that, you doing Connery right then? No, that was just being Scottish. That was a really bad Where, Scottish Connery. I can do it. Hang on just a second. There we go. Yeah, I, I hated it. Every imagine, single moment of it. Imagine the golf balls but, in the background. Uh, but it's a, one of the quotes, the articles I read yesterday on Roger Moore was he said that it's like that he was always polite about it, but saying, I don't understand why Sean is so cranky about it. How lucky are we that we got to be James Bond and that people remember us? Yeah. And, you know, he had the right attitude. I'm not going to get on Sean Connery because certainly have have, you know, loved his performances as well and think he's done good things, but it's just kind of, you know. And every and I think Roger was the only Bond so far who left of his own accord. Besides Connery, who managed to quit. Yeah, no, I, I think that's probably right. I don't think, uh, I don't think Pierce Brosnan wanted to leave. No. And I don't uh, think, Tim, I think Timothy Dalton, I think he was fed up at the time. He, he didn't leave happily. And I think we could say that uh, Daniel Craig, having left <coughs> twice already of his own accord, <laughs> and now being offered actually uh, Buckingham Palace yeah, as the exchange. <laughs> I, thought they were, I thought it was up to Australia. He uh, Australia well, I know it's up to at least the last thing, figure I heard was 150 million dollars. Yeah. You know, that's that's not an exaggeration to come back for two more so that they can set him up for whoever the next person will be. But so, I still think he'll do one more, but. I don't know if I care. You know, there. I, I, I'm almost ready for the new one now. I'm tired of the. I'm tired of, yeah. of well, the game. I, I sh- I'd like to see him take the break that we've talked about and do a Felix Slider movie. I'm still, and we've talked about this. I'm surprised, and and again, hey, this is a preview for say our panel on Bacon at Saturday at 1 p.m. Yes. Uh, about why haven't they? Oh, I, no, I know now why they have not tried to expand the universe. Okay. Because the rights are so screwed up and tangled up by the Broccoli, Broccoli. Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is the name of the, of the actual Eon, production? Eon, Eon Productions. Because right now, not it's not Daniel Craig that's holding up the next one. It's a bidding war over who gets to distribute the next one. MGM slash UA is allegedly the production company in charge of it all. Right. But they don't actually exist. They aren't a studio anymore. They aren't their own distribution. But they own half the Bond company. Because Harry Saltzman, Broccoli's original partner, right. in almost spite back in 1974-75, sold his half of the company to then United Artists, which has resulted in every bond delay we've ever had has been be- because of legal issues involving the studio. They can't proceed without the studio being solvent. And so they're kind of stuck. Yeah, and so now, now MGM's waiting to get a, a, a distribution. So partner. Sony and Warner Brothers are fighting right now and trying to offer, you know, what's the better package? What's the big? I think we're still going to have to come down to it's everybody versus Disney. They just combine all their IPs <laughs> right. and hope that's enough before Disney buys them out. <laughs> every, every every movie oh, comes out with six logos. And, I, and, I, and I'm not saying which side is Spectre in this. I don't know, <laughs> but. Uh, but I do think uh, that's where it's going to come down to. So we do have our uh, other guest. There's a third guest who might come by, but it's only because he owes me money, and you're not him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Wayne owes no one money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be Justice League trailer. What's your superpower again? 
I'm uh, rich. I'm rich. <laughs> uh, that is, of course, perhaps you're hearing the voice of Charles McKeithen. If you are hearing it, we're adjusting dials and looking at things and seeing if it's uh, actually I'm speaking loud enough to not hurt the baristas, but loud enough for you to hear me. So we're good on that. I'm getting a nods up from uh, all the technical professionals. All six of them are saying thumbs up. Things are good to go here in the studio. Wow, you really overexercise and you're seeing triple. Yeah, we're go for lunch. It's five o'clock somewhere. I'm seeing double. <laughs> the Americano's kicking in. It's kicking in now. Yes. You call this an Americano? It's fantastic. <laughs> it's delicious. So why is Charles here? Because in how many weeks? Two weeks? Uh, June 3rd, so June two 3rd. weeks, yes. So on Friday, June 2nd, everybody listening to this podcast will see Wonder Woman. And right. then on Saturday, June 3rd, if you're in the <laughs> Silicon Valley or the San Francisco Bay Area, oh heck, it's worth a trip up from L.A. Absolutely. Uh, is, uh, is it, are we officially calling it the Gotham City Black and White Ball? It is still the Gotham City Black and White Ball. Uh, Bruce Wayne is sponsoring a, uh, a party to celebrate the success of the new Arkham Asylum wing that uh, we set up. Uh, the, the last ball that we had was a fundraiser uh, to try to get everyone to put money oh, so together. So this is a sequel. So it, it's a sequel, yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, the, the Joker is cured. Uh, as far as no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm friends no, with him no, on Facebook. I know it's not true. Yeah, I, I, well, that's sort of the the zinger there. The, I, I have to believe that the Joker is cured. I just want him. I just want him. The scene to come out where the Joker and Bruce discovered both their mothers were named Martha. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. We could work that still in. Still mad about that, huh? Still, still having <laughs> issues. Is it? Yeah. Okay, I understand. Tough. We'll send okay. him a little note later. We'll 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 chat about that in our our, our backstage discussions on on how to pull this through. So uh, the the black and white ball is is going to be a uh, a swing ball. Uh, Sarah and the Swing Time, a very, very famous local band, will be doing all of our music for it. Uh, Lee Presson will be, uh, of course, uh, uh, there as the Joker, as well as perhaps uh, singing a few tunes for us to prove that he has completely cured and is now the scene, in the right mind. The scene I really want to see is if two or three other people come dressed as the Joker. Oh, I'm sure. Because I've seen what happens when, Absolutely. when there are other Jokers at the ball. Well, <laughs> around Lee. <laughs> yes, there there are many there are many many. Uh, we welcome everyone to come in whatever costume you want or in no costume at all. I, I do pre- we do prefer clothing. Like clothing, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Was it, don't, uh, we, don't mess with another man's rhubarb or what, what was the? Uh, but uh, yes. but we're yeah. we're perfectly happy to to see anyone arrive in whatever fashion they choose. But uh, the concept of the black and white ball is to arrive as your favorite superhero in their alter ego or their safe space. So, uh, so Bruce Wayne will be there, but presumably Batman himself will not actually be there. Uh, Clark Kent may be there, uh, etc. Uh, so, if but having had a temporary exposure to gold kryptonite, it's very possible that that could happen. Uh, we welcome everybody to come, uh, any everyone of all ages to come and enjoy themselves. Uh, it's a ball. So uh, it's a swing event as a, as a theme, but there will be waltzing, there will be swing dancing, there will be tangos, there will be dance lessons uh, at the very beginning of the night at 7 o'clock. Uh, the ball begins at 8 o'clock and then goes on until midnight. And, uh, and where is it? Yes, it is at the Alameda Elks Lodge, which is at 2255 Santa Clara Avenue in Alameda. It is a gorgeous dance hall ball. 
place to dance, dance hall, with. I guess. Yes, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it's a lodge. It is a fantastic building. It I is. Mean, that's the same place it's been. All, all the events have been. Uh, in right. the in the past year, yeah. uh, past two years now, we have moved up to to Alameda. We yeah, used to be in San Mateo. Masonic, yeah, I went to the Masonic Lodge. Uh, once. Right, ah. and uh, so the Alameda Elks Lodge is just an amazing place. Uh, there is an open bar. Um, bring your own money for that, and that's only for the twenty-one and up. Uh, but uh, it, it's a fantastic event. We teach you how to dance. We accept everybody from all walks of life, and really enjoy just having a great time and. I guarantee, though I, as Bruce Wayne, uh, cannot, you know, vouch for anything except that the Arkham Asylum will prove to have been a success. Uh, shenanigans might occur. And just, to, just to clarify something you said, you touched on earlier. You do spend time at the beginning. If you get there early, the whole room is doing the dance lesson. It's not just like one-on-one right. individuals. Oh, absolutely, Something yes. to be embarrassed about because everyone's going through yeah, the same the, training the, on all these dances. My recommendation for people. You who, say that as if you've been willing to go. I've gone. He has. Oh, he did finally go. If okay, only good, yes. you would come back more often. Well, I've got things to do. Oh, I'm sure you do. You're a very busy man. I have to find my right foot. My oh. two left feet are fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you're if you're a, if you're a beginning dancer or you're just interested in in showing up and just enjoying the sort of the atmosphere, uh, I still recommend if you come at seven, you get there early. Uh, we teach everybody just basic dance steps. We get everybody in a big circle and you know. Learned to count to three, which took me about 20 years before I stopped doing it out loud while I was dancing. But otherwise, um, it's, it, if you're not dancing, it's like a big cocktail party. You're all hanging around absolutely. outside watching everything going on. We have on. plenty of people who come to the event just to show off their costumes, and yeah. we love that. We have people who just come to sit in the side corners and enjoy watching people dance or watching the, the, the bits and pieces that go on throughout the night. Uh, and we, we like everyone to feel very comfortable uh, we've got some amazing dancers. We have some amateur dancers. God knows I've stepped on a great many toes in my lifetime. Uh, but it's really a and fun event. Come back. And it's themed, you know, to uh, to the, the the comic book world this time around, which is why Derek was willing to, to let well, me it's been come a, in so around. So last year was the... Uh, the Captain America ball, um, right? right? So, and we and we did the black and white ball two years ago, right? Because Charles has been on the podcast three or four times, right? right. Yes. We've also yeah. done the shindig from uh, from Firefly, right? That's right. That's uh, right. And Doctor Who, you know, so we've, we've done a few of those as well. That. The Doctor dances, so yeah. it's a nice relationship to have, and uh, we have a lot of people who are growing in their interest. Uh, we're trying to just build that. Well, I love character. the cosplay element, element because I, I think I introduced you to a new phrase over it. Disneyland, the Disney bounding, the kind of cosplay where you can't, because Disneyland does not allow you to dress oh, as yeah. the actual right. characters in the park. Right. So people have developed, started cosplaying more subtly in the colors that the character would have. And I remember for the black and white ball two years ago, the idea was your costume should perhaps maybe still indicate what hero you are exactly. without being the costume, right? right? So perhaps right. you're in a you're so in a black and white bounding. suit, but super bound, but you have a little Captain America shield pinned and yeah. a sincere grin on your face, or and, your dress you know. shirt is very sheer, and you can just about make out that insignia underneath yeah. it. No, maybe. Uh, yeah, you could so, see that Wonder Woman. I mean, symbol you, you see a lot underneath if you look hard enough. People dressed like the slaps. DC bombshells. You know that that, yeah. that that series takes yeah. advantage of that. 
mm-hmm. offers a lot of 40s. You know, is it taking place in modern day, or is it like a 40s Ar- Arkham Asylum concept? Uh, I, I, would, uh, I, I would not officially confirm one or the other, but I would say that because we're doing the swing style, uh, that we're going with uh, we're going with a 40s to modern day. It's in well, that range. it's kind of like Gotham. I mean, the idea it's is Gotham. Gotham City is placed outside of time, yeah, really. It works it's best a split in, universe. Like so there the is Arkham no, Asylum games. It, and right? if you, if, you can't if, tell. if you were to arrive as, right. as the Hulk from 2017, and God bless you for coming up with that outfit. I would not, as the who, as the Hulk? Uh, Hulk. Well, it would be Bruce Banner. but uh, They would be showing up in a completely different universe entirely. Uh, uh, well, There's we, IP to be violated. Well, <laughs> and, and that's the thing that we do at Piers, is we violate all of the rules. And that's why I can't come back. Uh, uh, <laughs> but we, we, we really encourage everyone to just enjoy the idea of having fun. Go with the theme. If you look up... Uh, at I will take this back. Actually, Batman and the Hulk did meet in a super special. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, there you go. Possible. You would know better than I would. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I can put my foot in my mouth and I will thank you for taking it back out. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Got a tissue? At, yeah. yeah. You, you got something for him there? Get, uh, take a drink. Copy, more copy. So, uh, so to find out information about it, your best bet is to just look it up online at peersdance.org. How do you spell peers? Peers is P E E R S. So it's Period Events and Entertainment Recreation Society, P E E R S dance.org. And uh, you'll find out about that event and uh, everything that's coming up on this one. And then we are doing a Hamilton ball uh, the next month wow. after. Oh, oh, my. So we're, we're latching our claws into the fun of getting <laughs> wow. everybody excited about, uh, about increasing young people's enjoyment of history. Wow, that makes sense. Uh, uh, you know, and we saw that at Gallifrey, that was uh, Gallifrey 1. I know you weren't there, but there were a lot of people walking around in Hamilton cosplay. Because I just figured it was time. Makes to sense. Well, I, I mean, guess it kind of did. Mm-hmm. You know? Gallifrey right. crosses over. Well, in the all the, time. The, yeah. the 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 joy of what we try to do with peers is we have a good time. Sometimes it's with actual history. Sometimes it's with science fiction. Sometimes it's with comic books. But we try to get people to understand and enjoy things like dance in ways that they're not used to and relax people and realize that we don't have to be so uptight about dancing and having fun. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the motto that we have is if you're, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. And so, you know, look it up online, enjoy, and uh, God knows there's a good possibility that the Joker might climb up onto my shoulders again like a monkey on my back. Seems a recurring. Uh, which, yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe even at the ball. Uh, no, oh, yeah. yes. No, I'm yes, just saying, just, I, you know, I, Not just psychologically. Yes. yes, he might actually do it again at the ball. So <laughs> you just keep rehearsing that moment over and over and it over. It was wonderful. I do have to say, by the way, that's why I was startled earlier in the podcast because Charles snuck up behind me, and uh, I, there was a whiff of cigarette, and then suddenly, oh my god, he's there. So I, just, <laughs> I need to say that, uh, and it's like it's like being friends with Constantine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Only not as kempt. Uh, so, uh, then we'll, well, thank you, Charles, and uh, we shall uh, once again that information there. And uh, let's It'll talk. will be on the website as well. So. And let's talk some comics news. You're, of course, welcome to nod. And oh, maybe, good. I, I don't know if there's anything. Did maybe, I? maybe that could, that you could be useful. Uh, but maybe we'll see. <laughs> I mean, for you, I mean, later. I, I don't think we're going to talk that much, Batman. Other than, you know, I forgot to put on the, that I, I did. 
get Injustice 2. So, I just uh, I just thought you were going to say maybe there's something you would be useful for. No, no, um, no, I didn't say which that. I, we certainly don't expect that. No, you're very useful. This is just getting awkward. Let's talk about... Oh, see, now it's, again, really bad segues into sad news, but this is really somebody that I think is worth mentioning oh, yeah, because definitely. he's not a super giant of the comics industry, except everybody in the comics industry considered him a giant. Yes. Which, in the industry, uh, and that's Rich Buckler. Um, man, I'm really tired of, of cancer. It's like almost a, a, a little over a year after Darwin Cook passed of cancer. Yeah. Then we lose Rich Buckler, who is the perhaps uh, most significant from the 70s of having co-created Deathlock. And he was still in the Marvel bullpen age, too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, he, he kind of came in. He he was in Marvel in the '70s and the very yeah. wild experimental stuff, and so you saw his stuff, stuff all over. Um, and then he was in, uh, and then he because Deathlock was a real departure from just about everything that they'd done. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, corpse. and I think the most uh, for me, the most impact, even though I associated Jerry Ordway most with the book, it was actually Rich Buckler who did All-Star Squadron originally and did uh-huh. the iconic cover. I mean, that really is, you know, a few artists get to say they did an iconic cover that's been, like, copied and copied over and over, and that was Rich Butler on the cover of All-Star Squadron number 1, bringing the all the World War II heroes together, and before we understood how crazy Roy Thomas was going to get in, in, in weaving in everything from his childhood into one book. Did you read I, All Star Squadron? I was a big fan of All Star Squadron to the point where they brought in Frankenstein. He brought in the the uh, one of the the Edgar Allan Poe novel, the Mystery of Arthur Gordon Pym, uh, showed up there. There was even an annual that tied into Metropolis, uh, Fritz Lang's. You know, and like he made all those things DC continuity. I'm like, you don't have to throw everything. And Alan Moore looked at that and said. Hold my ale. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> well, he didn't know yet. He wasn't old enough yet. He, but he read that and went, yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, once I get through with this silly Watchmen Watch thing. thing. Uh, <laughs> so, this one-off for DC. Yes. Uh, so, you know, a great ar- artist who kind of, I think, is one of those who, I think he sort of passed out of fashion for a, for a while in the 21st century because he wasn't hot. He was very, uh, I saw some, critiquing of him saying that he fell into what a lot of artists did was he kind of wanted to do the house style and started taking right. swipes from other people so that he could create more pages um, but when he was doing his own stuff and things like Deathlock where there was you know he was a giant he was a master and uh, so as I say he passed at the age of 69 this last week um, and again kind of just out of nowhere you know that, but I mean his family had kept it yes. quiet. And, yeah. Well, they should have. And you know, it's just a, it's just a. If you can find Deathlock in probably a Marvel Essential edition, I don't know if they've reprinted in a color paperback or not. I thought I they might know. have after Shield because they had brought, but they were trying to push the new Deathlock. I don't know if there are enough issues for there to be an Essentials. But there must be a trade somewhere, or there must yeah. be one coming because, and I know that a lot of Deathlock work was also by Paul Galassi, so I, you know, I, I yeah. know there was a crossover, but it was Buckler first. I think All Star Squadron had a reprint too, so you know people could find like at least the first year worth of that. Really good stuff, and it's a really great artist. So um, Marvel is teasing to happier things. One of the best books that they've done in the last fifteen years. Uh, is coming back. Who knows how long it will last because it's Marvel. They did a couple iterations of it. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, one was Joss Whedon. You know, the the thing it's got right. a Hulu series coming. So there, so, so of course right. you knew it had to be coming back. with they've been teasing Runaways is coming back. Uh, the, that original, which was Brian K. Vaughn, wasn't it? Created, mm-hmm. created originally. That was his big book. It's right a now. series that almost uh, once they'd resolved the first plot line, it it, it it sputtered a little bit trying to find a way, and then Joss Whedon stepped in and brought it new life. Not the last time we'll be talking about Joss Whedon tonight, <laughs> and uh, you know that that's. Uh, and then, it, and then it kind of it ended after Joss Whedon. It, well, the characters have, have shown up in other they've books. They've been all they've over the place. Uh, Avengers so. Arena, was that it? Uh, several yes. of them were, yes. were in that one. And then Avengers Undercover. You know, it's funny. Cause reading the Atlantic article today about why Marvel was having trouble selling books. And one of the things was, as we've talked about, how many different titles you have to know well, in Avengers order to AI. follow one character you like. Avengers AI, there was one, one of them went into that. Well, and that's the one that was the son of Ultron, Victor, right. that was Victor. Uh, in Division as well. Right, right. It's so hard to, to track them, and Marvel needs to do a better job of telling people where to find them. Yeah. I got lost just bicycling to the coffee shop here, and I, when, yeah, I, yeah. when I look at the, the titles and, uh, and explanations of all the different Marvel stuff that's out there right now, I'm very oh, excited absolutely. about the whole, uh, the whole melding of all of the, the Iron Fist and the... Um, Defenders. Defenders. Is, is that what they're calling it? Okay, yeah. great. Luke I'm really Cage. excited about it. Because let's also not be confused. The, the book that's about, to be co- that's about to come out called The Defenders it actually consists of the former heroes for hire. And the Defenders, who were originally the Defenders, are nowhere to be seen in that book. So, But the yeah. Netflix series, The Defenders, is those, those characters. You know, it, it, it is confusing. Yeah. Which is exactly what the Atlantic article said right. that came out today. was The point they were making is you can't you can't follow like that there's that great Avengers team that Al Ewing was writing which is called the Ultimates 2 which is not the same thing as the Ultimates and the three other versions of the Ultimates that have existed and but that, it is awesome and, yeah it it's is it's cosmic it is and, and still aren't the Avengers and the ultimate <laughs> and the ultimate universe is coming back so ow my head hurts Let's talk about the books we're reading and happy with and playing a little What's in the Bag. Tell me, Rick, what's, uh, what's in your bag? Well, you know, I have to, I have to make a comment again, and I will, I will recommend one of these. I think for the next six months, each week has to feature a different Guardians of the Galaxy book. It's, it's, not, just a matter of, it's, it's not just a matter of one a week. Every week for the last three weeks, we've had multiple Guardians of the Galaxy books. And this week is no no different. We've got issue number two well, of the all-new Guardians of the Galaxy and issue number four of Guardians of the Galaxy. Which I think I bought, Mother but I'm not sure. Entropy. I, I didn't buy Mother Entropy. Um, Mother Entropy, again, uh, I, I personally am prejudiced. I will buy anything Alan Davis illustrates. The but also, can I say, and let's be honest, Jim Starlin as a writer as well. You love Starlin. I love Starlin, and and this and the you put those two guys together. You're writing you're writing great space opera. You bring back the uh, you know all the Shi'ar heavyweight uh, knockoffs of the legion yeah, of superheroes, yeah, uh, superheroes, the, including the Imperial Guard, the Imperial Guard, and they had they had the the Brainiac I've knockoff in this, this issue. Oh, um, <laughs> my head's been allowed tonight. It's just, it's just, for me, it's just a wonderful uh, shoot back into what made a lot of X-Men issues very cool as well. So, same. Back in those days. You know, and minus Starlin, just about all of that was, you could say that thing about the... Well, I'm going to throw one in, which is go. the uh, hey, Star-Lord Annual, number one, which is because now I am following a particular writer, which is Chip right. Zdarsky. 
And Chip Zdarsky, is he writing? No, it's Jerry. Jerry Duggan is the one doing the regular, all new. Yes, Duggan. Um, but Zdarsky is going to be writing the spectacular Spider-Man, and he wrote the most recent run of Howard the Duck. Not, I don't think including Deadpool the Duck, but um, the. Yeah, see, it gets yet confusing. A real thing. <laughs> How, yet a real thing. That's yes. a real thing. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Howard and Deadpool got merged and teamed up with Rocket Raccoon because Marvel did not, uh, you know. It's not just us that has to have a Guardians of the Galaxy book and on the podcast every week. A Guardians of the Galaxy character has to appear in every Marvel book. Uh, so, uh, but which clashes with Deadpool having to appear? Right, right. Marvel. And then it's. I was it's I was hysteria. shocked at uh, when at the end of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two that Deadpool and Wolverine didn't have a little like fist fight at the very end just for fun. Well, that's because somebody else owns the rights to them in the movies. Yeah. So what? Yeah, well, but yeah. it's it's a matter of oh, let's get all legal and let's get all yeah. Well, we need all, to get all legal. All, and we need to get well, all these know, guys. Now, now we can have this this statement that the interesting yeah. thing to me on that was that the Watchers appeared. Yes, mm-hmm. when clearly although they never called them Watchers, they were just a bunch no, no, of no, 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 guys in, was in this Shriner. The guys talking to Stan Lee on the yeah, on the, yeah. The and big, Stan Lee is the most recent version. He's wearing the spacesuit of the most recent version of the Watcher. Who? Wait, I'm going to make your head explode. Okay, is actually as super aged Nick Fury. Oh, Christ. yeah. So I knew that, but but Caucasian with Nick Fury, the first one. Sure, why so, not? You know, yes. uh, the, the, but um, I wouldn't say super aged. Well, he's, but he's, naturally, well, no, he's, he's still aged oh, because. Well, do you know any World War II vets who are still walking around? But he had the Infinity Formula. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, anyway, but, so Star Lord Annual. Co- <laughs> but we digress. Long way around. Right. So, so the the cover on that book. Yes. When I saw that first, I didn't see that. What did it's you? A, it's a western. I I saw Sparks Nevada. I was hoping it was Sparks Nevada, but as I was Star Lord, uh, still. Um, whatever happened to Sparks Nevada well, the, as a comic? Every six months they come out with an issue. Yeah, I guess. Uh, anyway, so uh, this is Star Lord Annual. I almost put it back, but it was only four ninety nine, yeah. which I can't believe I'm saying. Oh, it was only four ninety nine, but it was a reasonable annual price, and I do like what Chip Zdarsky does, so I'm, I'm following this. Um, we'll get back to the Watcher and movies and stuff. Anyway, so go ahead. Your next book? My next book is, uh, again, I'm, I'm echoing previous weeks, but that's because I really want to recommend this book. Um, Secret Warriors number two, which, as I mentioned last time, is is the craziest collection of... Well, we're, we're now a couple weeks into it, so the big, the big uh, thing about the Secret Empire is that all the heavy hitter Marvel superheroes are outside of the planetary defense system. They can't get back down to Earth to mm-hmm. stop anything. So you have all the, not necessarily B-list, but just the, the more localized superheroes and I would stuff. say the characters I actually always like better. Yeah, so... <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, truthfully, no, I'm not saying the movie. It's like, I like the obscure ones that are They're, they're a little more well, fun to... The they're a little oh, yeah, more fun to watch. The big, yeah. the so, big, you know, yeah. Devil Dinosaur, Daisy... Uh, uh, What's her, Johnson and Daisy Johnson Quake. and uh, Quake. Ms. Marvel. Um, this is this is a really crazy fun book. It's a fun part of the Secret Empire, and I'm not going to. Spo- you know what? Secret Empire is not fun. No, it's no. not bad, but it's, but not, it's not fun. fun. <laughs> so, so, and in this, I'm going to spoil a little bit. The Howling Commandos. And oh damn it! Now I have to go back and buy them. And it's the latest version the latest, with those. I, yes. What what would be the point of having yes. Alan Commandos? So I'm glad I spoiled it for you. Yes, because I would not have picked up that book, but now I have to because I love the Howling Commandos. There you go. 
uh, for those listening, not understand, they're they're the monsters of the of the Marvel it's, universe. It's Android oh. Duggan, and it's uh, yeah. Yeah, um, a monkey. Uh, hit monkey. Hit monkey. Is hit monkey. There? Hit monkey is one of the characters. Yeah, which uh, you know, I always like to drop this is that's actually when they hired James Gunn to direct Guardians of the Galaxy. It was because he'd actually come to them first and said, "Hey, could I make a Hit Monkey movie?" Is that, <laughs> is that sort of like the uncle of Trunk mm. Monkey? No, he, no. Trump Monkey. Trunk Monkey. Oh, I thought you said Trump Monkey. No, that's very different. I don't want to get you guys in, into a political situation. <laughs> no, literally, here. Hit Monkey is an assassin monkey in a suit, in a black suit. Okay, uh, but you know Trunk Trunk Monkey, right? No, I don't. Oh well, then if you don't know Trunk Monkey, Trunk Monkey is uh, was a, a an advertisement where the monkey stayed in the trunk and you had a button on your car, and anything that was going wrong, you would push the button and the monkey would get out and defend you and. You don't know anything. Somebody out there, please email Derek no, no, no. at Fanboy he, Planet. No, no, and editor at Fanboy Planet. Editor <laughs> at Fanboy Planet and send pictures and uh, videos of Trunk Monkey. There you go. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. If you have, I've never seen that commercial. And if you all have right. an actual Trunk Monkey, you can drop by for Derek to play with. Well, yeah. I would just say explain to me how it's worked out. I, that's go. all. I, you know, right. I don't necessarily need an actual trunk monkey. I, I think even though I don't know who you're talking about and you don't know who I'm talking about, I think they're related. That is, we'll discover maybe. that later. Maybe. Uh, next on, on my list is uh, Saucer State, which is Paul Cornell's sequel series to, to Saucer, Saucer Country, Country, which had come out from Vertigo. This is now from IDW because I believe one thing is IDW is offering a better creator-owned deal for him. But uh, the first series, Saucer Country, was a very bizarre series that probably has a lot to explain about what's going on in the world today, uh, which is that there is a presidential candidate who has been abducted by aliens, <laughs> and she is she is trying to solve the issue of whether or not something actually happened. Meanwhile, there's like this outcast scientist who's being visited by either aliens or his own subconscious telling him what's going on, and the series never quite resolved what the truth was, but that there was clearly a conspiracy. There was a lot of interesting commentary on political spin about what, what you know the, the pundits have to do, what the handlers have to do to get people elected. Meanwhile, there are gray aliens running around actually taking control of the country. Or are they? You know, and it was a very confusing series. So finally his... uh I'm sure it's not Bernie Sanders? It might be. Okay. Well, look at it. I mean... A little. Yeah, maybe. If put the hair, hair on him. You put the hair on. So Not anyway, much. This is, uh, you know, it was announced at Gallifrey One that uh, Paul Cornell was going to spend the next decade or so focusing on his own concepts and and pushing them and doing creator own work. Good for him. So this is the first of I would say is the new era of Paul Cornell really focusing and not taking licensed work. That's IDW. IDW, yes. So, again, uh, interesting. So I, I picked it up, and I, I enjoyed the first series, even though I didn't understand everything that was going on. But it was always intended. It came to an end too early. So this is, yeah, by yeah. calling it something different, is to kind of mark, this is the next chapter in the saga. Maybe Good. more answers will come. I'm looking forward to reading it. Good. Go ahead. So, I've got to figure out which one I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with this one. So right now I'm in, in a... Which they sold out of. They, sh- they didn't pull for me at Elusive. Oh, uh, so too bad, because it's really they good. They're getting what you can. They're so getting a sec... Well, no, no, no. Oh, they're, they're building suspense, Charles. Yes. Oh, I see. This is, uh, they're getting a, It's coming in for me next week. But what is it? What is it? Please tell so us. I am, I am, tell us both. I am quickly becoming a Kim Newman fanatic. Uh, just 
He's great. He's so fabulous a writer. He's a fabulous writer. He's a fabulous historian, both of real history and of fantasy history. And the way he melds them in all of his work is and hip- again, hypnotic. And again, it's all because of Roy Thomas. But still, go ahead. And then so the title? The title is Anno Dracula, 1895, Seven Days in Mayhem. And this is issue number three. Uh, we're getting into the plot line. Again, the art uh, by Paul McCaffrey. I keep on seeing that as Paul McCartney, and I'm thinking, what is he doing in comics? It's Paul McCaffrey. Why not? He's tried to do everything McCaffrey. else. Yeah. Um, the art is so clean and so nicely really detailed. It. It's it's It kind of feels like, um, God, what's the guy? Shaolin Cow- Cowboy. Uh, Darrow. Darrow. It's like, it's... It's not as detailed as Darrow, but it's a little more, a little cleaner, a little bit um, easier on the eyes. You don't feel like you have to. Well, where's Waldo the whole page all the time? Um, and this is it's it's cutting into the original Anno Dracula novel right. story. For those who did not hear the podcast where Rick uh, recommended the first issue, yes, um, is the reason it has the lengthy subtitle "1895: Seven Day, Days of Mayhem." Is and this is for Charles too because I think you'd like these books. You would. Anno Dracula is an alternate history in which Dracula won uh, the events. He destroyed everyone in the events of the novel Dracula. Okay. So he married Queen Victoria and became the ruler of England and, and brought vampires into society. So Not it all came out of the shadows, and then all the in people want to get turned. So and then it's been a series of novels that move forward in, in, in time. That's why I have to say 1895, because he's up to 2000. The Johnny Alucard, Johnny Alucard was the last. Was 1990, last. I think. Yeah. And then, um, and there's one coming this summer. Yeah. That is Dracula Kaiju, something like that. Yes. There's a yes. involving the giant monsters of Japan. So and there's we, a there was recently published a book of short stories Empire as well. Empire Godzilla. So. So I am. How do you know? Right now, I am reading three different ki- kim- simultaneously on my Kindle. I'm reading um, the the novella that's in the back of Bloody Red Baron, which is oh, yeah, yeah. the romance novel. Yes, uh, and I can't remember the title. I don't of remember it now. the title, but I read it because I re- I read Titans reprints. I, yeah. I read them all the first time. I then bought them again. So I listened. To, I listened to Bloody Red, Bloody Red Baron on audiobook, and then I then I realized there was another story in there that wasn't on the audio. So I had to go back and read that. And I'm re- right now I'm reading Dracula Cha Cha Cha, which is just an amazing, insane trip into Fellini esque uh, yeah. Rome in this time period well, of vampires. With it's, an explanation for zombies, he fits zombies. Yeah, zombies the, just appeared in the into the vampire mythos and explains why they are they the walkers. The way they do, yeah. And it's like, wow, it's like, like he thought way harder than I would have. And, but he and, throws, and you'd like it because James Bond is in it. Ooh, yeah, Hamish, Hamish, Hamish Bond, yeah, Hamish Bond. Woke up again. The, <laughs> no, it's and it's a, it's a good it's a good version of Bond too. The um, he is he is well, I won't spoil it. He he is uh, he is. Bond. He was Bond Plus. It's, it's be- was it, is it better than what Alan Moore did with Bond? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, <laughs> I didn't like what League of Extraordinary Gentlemen did. Yeah. Um, so, um, anyway, uh, highly recommend Anno Dracula. It's, uh, you know, if you, you're three issues in on what, I don't know how long this series is going to run. I imagine it's going to go 12 issues. Uh, the pacing feels like a 12-issue series for a graphic novel. So I think that's their intention. So you could, you could go back and p- pick up one and two. 
or you could wait for the trade, but uh, you want to. Since you wanna I pick like this the guys up. at Titan, let's pick up one or two. Go ahead, you know, yeah. sell it well. Because I don't think Titan's one of those that I think in America they're not they're as, not being picked up, you know, carried yeah, as much. Yeah. Even though they've got Doctor Who, it's the other books that are getting harder and harder to, to find. Like you know, they have a they have a Hammer Horror line I've never seen in a store. Yeah, and I, I know they're doing books that are sequels to the Ham, Hammer movies, but I, I've never seen them. And uh, Assassin's Creed's their other big successful thing. This is obscure enough that I, you know people should be paying attention because it's just a fun read. Yeah. it's just really really yeah. fun. If you like Sherlock, in a strange way, I think it would fit too. I think you're right. And and again, there are there are historical figures like Winston Churchill, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, all these, just you can sit here. We used to rattle these names off for half an hour and not get them all, and they're well, all brought in. It'll segue into this, which is, oh, yes. you know, I would say my last choice is uh, Doc Savage, The Ring of Fire by uh, David Avalone and uh, Dave Acosta on art, which I still hold up as, despite the fact that it's doing kind of that melding of real historical figure. Yeah. Doc Savage and Pat Savage uh, crossing over with Amelia Earhart bringing in John Sunlight. No spoiler, because that was the end of issue two. Um, this is, honestly, since those black and white Marvel books, I think these are, this is, and it's not just because I know Dave, this is the best Doc Savage comic comic I've seen, and I've read everything, that even what DC has done uh, and what DC tried to do recent, when they most recently had the license... This is the best. He is he is really putting a lot of effort into make in doing a, a good Doc Savage, and he's done his research. He knows the characters. Mm-hmm. He's writing them right. And uh, we should we could also mention that uh, Mr. Avalon Avalone, Avalone uh, has been announced as a guest of honor at uh, Arizona DocCon this year. Which is in so I credit you because on the podcast when we interviewed him, he did not know about DotCon and you mentioned it to him. So I ah, okay. believe that it is thanks to Fanboy Planet, DotCon listeners, uh-huh. uh, you get David Avalone as a guest of honor. Yeah. So, uh, which is good. I can't believe that he, he didn't know it because he has been such a, a huge fan of the pulps as long as I've known him. And uh, as we mentioned in that, his father, Michael, was a pulp writer. Uh, Michael Avalone had written, uh, oh, Ed, Ed Noon was his his detective. Um, and at several pulps, Tales of the, I want to say Tales of the Frightened. Is that right? Um, he had a series of, uh, of short stories and, and, and so forth, horror stories. And uh, he wrote uh, the, some of the Man from Uncle novels and uh, the Partridge Family novels when the Partridge Family solved murders. Yes. <laughs> because, of course, oh, in those weird times in the early 70s, everything had to have, they had to turn to fighting crime. Of course the Partridge Family did. Well, they're, they're one dog away from being the Scooby crew anyway. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, so, let's, uh, let's talk to movies. Um, which is uh, nothing new on Doc Savage. Because you know what? I'm going to be mad about this. I think that Doc Savage is going to get derailed now because Dwayne Johnson wants to run for president in 2020. And I'm ticked. <laughs> the uh, man has no sense of priority. I'm torn. I know. I, I need him as Doc Savage more than I need him as... Pre- Do I? I don't know. Um, Who would yes. you rather have? If Tom Hanks runs as his vice president... Who's going to have more influence on our youth today? Doc Savage or the president of the United States? Who do you uh, want having more influence on? Well, I mean, I kind of... 
That's easy. a trick question at this point. <laughs> Did you hand him a napkin? I think he's drooling. <laughs> no, it's a you know it's a tri- it's a it's a cruel trick question. Because in reality, I think Doc Savage would have more influence than, than the president more. of the United States. No, I think the president of the United States should probably have more influence depending on who it is. A good president of the United States, nobody notices. Things should just happen. Well, there's an interesting moment in the Injustice game when Black Adam, also a role that Dwayne Johnson is slated to play, says a ruler serves his people, yes. not the other way around. And I thought, huh, weird that Black Adam gets that right. <laughs> and real, the real world does not. Uh, <laughs> so, Can you send me a scan of that frame? <laughs> uh, no. But, oh. uh, I, yeah. Anyway, uh, so there is trouble... In the Warner Brothers universe, uh, cinematic DC Not universe. Well, okay. First of all, we do want to say positively <clears throat> that Wonder Woman. Uh, some people have a, have been shown it already, and they say that it's great. It will be opening on uh, June third because your dance is the fourth, right? Yes. Uh, so June third is the official. Wonder Woman is welcome in the Woman. black and white ball. Absolutely. And I think it's the second and the third. Yes. Oh, yes. second and third. Second okay. and third, not third I and fourth. I don't know. Because the fourth is the Sunday, which is when This is why you I'm don't dance. One, two, three. One, one two, two, three. There's no four. I go five, six, seven, eight. Da, 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 da. Okay. So Wonder Woman is a wonder, some people say. Some people are saying that it's really, really good. We've noted that there's still... Every week, it's they are putting a new candidate out to be director of The Flash... Uh, so they've gone through about five candidates. The most recent I've heard is that Robert Zemeckis might be circling around it, which could be interesting. But what's in it for Robert Zemeckis? I don't know. Um, I, I a lot of money. Probably. I was going to say there's a huge paycheck. Yeah, that would be paycheck. like step one. Yeah, but I don't know if you know. I don't know if I'd want to be involved. If, like I have a choice, but as a director, there just is kind of this weird feeling of. It's a troubled project. When, the, when already two directors have left, to be the third is kind of like, what's wrong with it in the first place? That's well, right. And, and not to draw things back too quickly into my area of expertise, but I think what the comic book movies are going through right now is the thing that the Bond movies kind of had already hammered. The producers are in charge of the movie. The director just does what the producer says. And I think they're starting to learn in both the Marvel and DC Universe that the directors just don't have that much of a, a voice compared to mm-hmm. essentially the showrunners of the studios. And, and, I, and I don't have a problem with there being showrunners of the movies, if you say, as long as they're as they agree with what I think they should do. No, but, <laughs> but I mean, because Kevin Feige, it'll be interesting because as we've said, Guardians of the Galaxy, I no, Doctor Strange was the first of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to not have the brain trust, which was Brian Michael Bendis and uh, I think Joe Casey, maybe. There were four or five Marvel people from the comics that were helping to shape what was going on. Right. And then Feige convinced Disney to separate him away from everybody else in Marvel. Doctor Strange turned out turned out pretty, pretty well, I think. Yeah. And Guardians of the Galaxy oh, Volume 2 turned out really well and Feige just turned and went okay gun now you're going to decide where we're going next (laughs) (laughs) clearly you seem to understand what's what's going on you've got the job so that's smart and you know DC Films allegedly has done that with Jeff Johns 
he was not involved previously. He was there, but not as, as much power. And Wonder Woman, he co-wrote the script, so it's possible that he is the right person in, to be right. in, in charge. Right. Because, as I've said many times on this podcast, when Jeff Johns is good, he's really, really good. He's not always good, and that's the. But who is? You know. Uh, oh, okay, you, Charles. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, still. Uh, oh, so one was, was good, subtle. but but um, you know there there He's was still jealous after all these years. There was a dark moment. No, I'm just being honest. There was a dark moment uh, this week as it was revealed that uh, Joss Whedon needs to finish up Justice League for Zack Snyder because Zack Snyder revealed. Uh, went public with it in March. His 20-year-old daughter committed suicide, and this is a moment that it was uh, a good slap to my face. Of oh yes, let us remember what Zack Snyder has actually been trying to tell people, which is you know these are just movies, and <laughs> you know uh, so lay off the hate because it's been easy to get mad and, and make snarky remarks about this stuff, and I think sadly. This was the shock. This is remember. You know, I, I ran into him once years ago. I think right after he directed Three Hundred, and seemed like a nice guy. And and when you they start messing, you know, or playing around with your favorite characters, it, it's easy to lose track of uh, everybody being having their realities and their problems and and uh, expectations. And, you know, and, and and I just feel my heart is broken for Zack Snyder and his wife Deborah who. Has produced, all, I think, all, all of his films. And, yeah, that's right. And uh, you know that they, I, I can't imagine going through this pain. Um, and, and 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 was that 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 was their was that their daughter or was that his daughter from a previous marriage? Uh, that I don't know. Okay, I, I don't. Know. I think I, I think I read somewhere because I really I only read one article because I thought that was enough. I just don't want to delve into the into you know get into salacious details about it just more like oh my god I'm so sorry that you had to go through with this one kudos for trying to continue through to lose himself in his heart but also for realizing I can't do it right now and that of all people to be able to carry it across the Justice League across the finish line Joss Whedon was in the DC offices because he's going to do Batgirl you know that You've got someone really good to do post-production, and I guess there's still some reshoots. I think on the last podcast we were saying, the rumor was they're going to go through reshoots. Well, this might have been one of the reasons why Zack Snyder's head is completely not in the game, completely understandably. And, uh, you know, so Joss Whedon was in the offices and and is is going to finish and... And get it together That's a for good movie on, move on a utility player to go in and finish up. Too. Yes, no, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I would say, I mean, maybe this is a movement towards what's going to happen in the DC films. Is let's have a, 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 a brain trust of artists who can pick up and finish, yeah. which Marvel was doing. Like the director of the next film would direct the end credit scene of the you know one before it. The handing and of the so torch. What, here, yeah, handing of the torch. Here's so, what I'm going to maybe, do with what you just saw. Maybe there are just going to be group group efforts, and, and I don't know. Maybe that will be better for it. You know, honestly, I had my hopes for Justice League. More hopes for Wonder Woman, honestly. Right. You know, I still have hopes for Justice League. I do. I do. I, and I had them before. Yeah. I you know, a lot of people were like, "No, it just looks terrible." I'm like, "No, it was a great trailer," and I admit, DC's lied to us with trailers before. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I'm, okay, but if two if, fantastic Suicide Squad trailers, if which are more coherent than any moment of the suicide of Suicide Squad, if Joss Sweden is involved in Batgirl, 
you had me at Joss Whedon, and then you had right, me right. twice at Batgirl, right. uh, who is second on my list after Catwoman, uh, as characters from my childhood. you know. <laughs> <laughs> as characters from my childhood that I would love to see done right. <laughs> Okay. I think you were the done yeah. right. Yes, <laughs> I'd love to I see say, pregnant pause <laughs> done right. Um, the other one is the Justice League Dark, the movie that I was probably most excited for. Yeah, has also lost another director, Doug Lehman. Uh, oh, that's too bad. Walked away, and the rumor is that the director of It, whose name is escaping the moment, but I, and the reason I didn't write it down is because it's like it's still only rumor. Is that well, the Hollywood Reporter said maybe he's going to go in. Can but you take a moment and remind me and the audience who, what characters are in Justice League Dark? I wish I could. No, I can't. First of all, the history of this is it was supposed to be a Guillermo del Toro film. Yes. And as we've said many times, the Sandman has a screening room. Morpheus has a screening room in the Dream Dimension full that shows nothing but unmade Guillermo del Toro movies, you know, 24-7. <laughs> um, it was a script... And I think they're still working off of a script turned in by him, and then he moved on to something else. So he was not going to direct. Doug Lehman stepped in. This is the characters that as were just done on the animated, uh, the animated right. movies. They did a Justice League Dark. It would be John Constantine. Many fans are hoping, and, and, and DC Films has said it's possible that it would still be the Matt Ryan who played him on the series. On TV. Who also what? voiced him? Not Keanu Reeves. Who voiced? No, he voiced <laughs> voiced Constantine in the animated film as well. And uh, so it, it's Constantine, Zatanna, potentially Black Orchid, Swamp Thing, the Spectre. There was rumor that the demon was in it, but I'm not positive so that Etrigan, the demon think, will make yeah. will make it. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting. I would love to see. Etrigan. I'd love to see an Etrigan movie. I don't know the demon movie. I well, think there's I, enough there. You know what? I think you should go see King Arthur and then when you see that, realize that Warner Brothers should not touch Arthurian <laughs> legend in any way, shape, or form, even when they do have the right story. Right. Because they don't have the right story. That movie was so bad I couldn't write a review. I just sat there retching. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's horrible. And they also owe Frank Frazetta a ton of money, the estate, because They're the villain is essentially his. Death Dealer. Nice. And They and, have him up on a hill and uh, on a horse... Uh, he was not on a over. horse. He was not on a horse. But when the when the character first turned around, with no explanation of what he was, because it was just sort of like these dream visions of him until the end, and I was like, "It's Death Dealer." And then I looked in the credits. No credit to Frank. Frank I'm like, "Oh, yeah. there's a lawsuit there because like it's so much like it. It's more like Death Dealer than the Lion <laughs> King is like like Kimba the White Lion, you know? And okay. that one Disney shouldn't have won either, right? Um, but anyway. So, yeah, now Justice League Dark is without a director, just like The Flash without a director. Thank heavens, at least, Aquaman is still moving forward. Oh, thank heavens. And uh, oh, the Batman is, no, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Defend it. Okay, I can. First of all, uh, third on your list should be Mira, done right. Amber Heard looks exactly like a comic book character. I, here's the weird thing. Watching King Arthur... There are scenes there involving the Lady in the Lake that I went, Charlie Hunnam should have been Aquaman, or that there are scenes there that should have been taken out of King Arthur, reshot, yeah. and that would have been Aquaman, because Aquaman is Arthur Curry, and there's a lot of Arthurian legend getting laid over him, but in terms of Atlantis. I thought, okay, this would be a cool way to, to show action scenes in Aquaman. 
Now it's ruined by King Arthur. Thanks, Guy Ritchie. Um, one of many sins. Uh, I think that Jason Momoa is going to be the breakout hit of Justice League. Aquaman's going to walk out of that movie being the one character everybody loves that they did not expect to love. I don't think Cyborg's going to come off really exciting. I don't think The Flash is going... People are going to love The Flash because of they love Grant Gustin. Right. There's no question. Um, you know, so... Uh, They'll continue to love Wonder they're, Woman. They're, I think there's more... There, there's Yeah, they will. There, There's more to the potential story of Aquaman that can be done in a movie or two that will pretty much sum up everything there is to say about Aquaman. But since it's never been actually said, right. it can be done, I think, a, in a really... A, it's, a, it's been lost. In a really fun way. Like a, nice, well, a nice lost it's story sort, it's sort of like the, It's sort of like the fresh. argument people say about, about Wonder Woman. I, I remember Tom Galloway and I used to get in this argument about it. It was like, can you point to the one... Wonder Woman story in comics that you would really want to see adapted. Like, when you talk about Superman, you do want to see All-Star Superman someday. You kind of would. I mean, they did a great animated adaptation, but it would be cool. Batman, so many iconic... Just throw a villain and do a decent story with him against one of his great villains. Wonder Woman doesn't quite have that feeling, although I would love to see Dr. Psycho. I would love to see Peter Dinklage as Dr. Psycho go up against Wonder Woman. I I would... You know... It's not in continuity anymore, but the the Wonder Woman uh, and the Gods of Olympus mm-hmm. storyline that was illustrated by Perez and I can't remember mm-hmm. who the writer was at that point. Uh, Perez. Perez wrote it too. <laughs> yes. Okay. He wrote it too. Okay. Ah, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh. It was but his brother George Perez. <laughs> that's what comes to mind for me. No, that was great, and I thought that uh, one. And oddly enough, the '70s one where she lost her power and she was basically the um, I Ching period. The I yeah. Ching period. Yeah. I would also say if you could do a third movie, uh, the period in the '90s where Brian Boland was doing the covers, where she um, had to work as an ordinary person as Wonder Woman. Though uh-huh. she was, she was Diana. Everybody knew she was Princess Diana, but like working at Big Belly Burgers and you know doing all. I guess she wasn't Wonder Woman anymore because that's when Artemis took over as Wonder Woman and uh-huh. she had the the black costume. Um, you know, there are things to be done with her character, and I do want to say, last week, uh, Warner Brothers realized that they released a commemorative edition of the animated film, which is, up till now, right. the single best adaptation to another medium, and as much as I love the Linda Carter series, um, the animated film is great, with Nathan Fillion as Steve Trevor, Carrie right, Russell as right, Wonder right, Woman. Right. It is a, that is that a, came out... Around ten, the time of uh, like almost ten years ago, it w- it was the frontier um, new, new frontier. frontier. It, was, it was the first one about after, the same time. It was the first yeah. one after New Frontier. Yeah. yeah, and it was a great. It was a great movie then, it, and it still holds up. And uh, well, I'm, and I, I completely see your point of if you ask yourself what is the one thing you would want to see, and you compare that to Aquaman, and my dismissal of oh yeah, great Aquaman. Uh, versus Wonder Woman. Well, I mean, for me, what I'm agreeing with you about is that I think that if you asked me, as a, as a comic book novice, as a not, you know, obviously I'm the outside voice here, like speaking from the masses of, of the ignorant. But thank you for using your inside voice. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I think the fact that my answer to your question on, on bo- for both of them would be, how did they get there? And that's what I'm looking forward to with Wonder Woman, is that for me as an outside novice... I really didn't know the story behind who Wonder Woman was. I remember her from my childhood as just being an Amazon woman with awesome lasso and, and nice right. boobs. Invisible you know, plane. And, and I feel the same way about Aquaman. It's like he's like the man from Atlantis, only, you know, 
but not. Oh, uh, no, what? actually, the man from Atlantis was like Aquaman because they couldn't get the rights to I Aquaman. I know, I know. <laughs> so. And the webbed fingers, and it was that, uh, the, the immortal man, and all. It was that same time period where everybody had to have their version the immortal. of that. The immortal. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, uh, but I think that, that the, the answer to, for me, the answer to why I would be excited to see Aquaman as a movie is I want to know where he came from. I don't want to assume that I know. You know, it's what I've enjoyed with the Netflix yeah. like series of the, the Iron they're Fist picking, and all of yeah, that is that they're giving you an actual like a history and a storyline. Even if you don't like the characters and the way it's done, you go, "Oh, this is like a primer and an educational thing," and I can actually like learn something about this. It'll be a test at the end of the movie, by the way. You know, well, and I think the benefit for Aquaman is that you've got a character that people know him. But well, and but Do nobody they know him, know him. But nobody's so married to. There's been so many different ver- comic versions Paul of Aquaman. Told me to get oh, right, right. You know, he's you know, he's had the hook. He's had the long hair. He's had the the orange suit. He's had the blue suit. But I don't think, other than Jeff Johns, anyone's really married to a version of Aquaman. And so you can play with the character. You can do some stuff with him and not really tick off the fan base by having them say, they've oh, done that's a, not my They've done a lot man. with and to him over right. the last you know, well, that's, 20 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. but you can, so you, so you yeah. can pick you can any one of those things and nothing ways. so iconic. And yeah. Jason Momoa is, seems like a mix of several... He's got that barbarian look yeah. that they played with when he had the hook, but the hook's not there, thank heavens. Yeah, I never got to barbarian. Dominated. I got more, you know, swashbuckler, more... He, he was considered the barbarian. Yeah, I guess game. so. You know, it was it was sword and sorcery, and that was uh, Tad Williams, who's also going to be a on. He wrote kind of a sword and sorcery version before the new Fifty Two. Okay, and it didn't sell well, but that was his thing. Was he was trying to make the magic of Atlantis, and Peter, De- which David, is what they had done when they did that Peter Tales David of Atlantis. With, yeah, Peter David played with that, the Atlantis Chronicles. Right. The, you know, I, I think the best. Up till now, the best Aquaman on on another medium has been uh, the Brave and the Bold version. Uh, oh, outrageous! Um, that guy. I mean, that was, it was like, well, that's good. And I think Momoa's kind of picking up a little of that yeah. because you see that I kind agree. of like he just enjoys being Aquaman and going like, I can kick everybody's butt on land. This is awesome. Uh, you know, so looking forward to that. Let's uh, there. There's happy things in the DC happy universe things, to talk yep. about. But let us look forward to tomorrow being Star Wars' 40th anniversary. I was trying to think of, like, what would I say to reflect on that hasn't been... Uh, a day earlier, a day early, Vanity Fair released their photos. Oh, those are beautiful. Uh, which I put some on the Instagram, at Fanboy Planet account, of uh, last the, the last photos of Carrie Fisher. Oh. Oh, mm. I mean, it's like... The one where she's in embrace with with her daughter, no, with, with, with Billy Lord, with Mark Hamill. The, Mark oh, Hamill, that one breaks breaks my heart. But with her daughter, it, it yeah. breaks my heart yeah, too. Yeah. It's just, it is amazing that it's kind of you know, it, it, like they take these photos that are, they shot these photos that are like perfect farewell. Yeah, you know, and, and it's almost like, yes, now it's got such such an extra thing. Um, but they are they are beautiful, and there's still more of the people to come but there's also one that has uh, and I don't know the new actor's name the the Asian actress who is uh, going to be a major character who is coincidentally the first Asian a- actress to appear on the cover of Vanity Fair um, wow and I'm sorry that I that I don't that I'm blanking on her name but they have a, a photo of her with John Boyega and Oscar Isaac and BB-8 and they're all together 
And then standing off to the side is Carrie Fisher. Hmm. And it's just sort of, maybe they photoshopped it in for maximum, let's make the fanboys really weep. But if they posed it that way, it's just like, wow. Kelly Marie Tran? Yes, Kelly Marie Tran, yeah. So um, I, we don't know really what role her character has in, in The Last Jedi, but allegedly very going to be very major, and I love that. Again, we go, going back into how magnificently diverse the Star Wars universe finally is. Um, and, uh, yeah, so again, it's just kind of weird. It's been 40 years. Now, when you, talk, when you mentioned the anniversary, you know, May 25th, 1977, yeah. that wouldn't happen really today. Um, that, that wouldn't happen today because it wouldn't have been May 25th. It would have been 8 p.m. on May 24th because of all the Thursday showings. And Did they really know. do them that No, then? but they no, they didn't oh, do yeah. them. That, that's a common thing now. Right. Because I mean, Last Jedi, when, when it comes out, I, I can't remember the exact yeah, date in December, right. but it's not going to be that date. That's not going to be the real release date when the fans actually saw it. It'll be two days before. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and yeah. it's hard to call something a release date anymore because there's the pre-release, there's it's the a release month, well, and, and then there's when Derek sees it, which is a week early. And May 25th right. was it was 33 theaters, 32 theaters, 33 theaters nationwide, mm-hmm. and that's all. Right. And you know what an astounding everything about discovering a movie is totally totally gone. Although in my mind, Star Wars just exploded. I mean, I was 11. I was in sixth that grade. That was actually the Death Star. But everybody knew. <laughs> Everybody knew, oh, man. you know. All of a sudden, it was just a, it was just everything. So, I think because they're they're cutting us short here, we'll say well, well they gotta you know I'll say they're turning off you, the lights. How about because... you save your Twin Peaks commentary for Sunday with our uh, on our next podcast, or we can do a little extra uh, uh, at Baycon where we're going to interview James S A Corey, uh, the creators of the Expanse, both the. Uh, Novel series, Hugo Award-winning novels, and uh, and Hugo Award-nominated television series. It's the longest sci-fi. preamble to saying we're going to hold on. Good lord! Yeah, talk about wrapping it up with a it big, big. It's a lot. I've done that. Yeah. All right. So, if you've got any questions, comments, complimentary comment, I've screwed it up. But if you got thank you notes for Rick, write into editor <laughs> at fanboyplanet.com. Uh, and of I course, if we hear anything that you, uh, if there's anything we talked about on tonight's podcast, we're going to talk on television on the next one. Uh, if there's anything we, we talked about on tonight's podcast that you would like to purchase for yourself and you cannot find it at your local brick and mortar store, please feel free to use the handy dandy Amazon link on fanboyplanet.com. You get a tiny kickback from that. Also, through our affiliates, thinkgeek.com. If there's anything that you go in through the box there on Fanboy Planet and see that you'd like, like, say, you need those Star Wars Tiki glasses. Summer's coming Guardians up. of the Galaxy Tiki glasses. Order them through Fanboy Planet, and a tiny kickback goes there. And, of course, if you'd just like to help defray the cost of uh, hosting a podcast and a website, you may, thankfully, please donate to PayPal at editor at fanboyplanet.com. Death Star Tiki Torches. Do they have those? No. Have you seen, I should say, the Hallmark Death no, Star Tree Topper? on Fanboy That's fantastic. No, but just, it's, yeah. That you can't get. Yeah. I have no place to get, you, get us a kickback, but I still want that Death Star. Anyway, that's it. Uh, thanks so much to the Orchard Valley Coffee House for ho- allowing us to be here tonight. Uh, I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Charles McKeithen, also known as Bruce Wayne from Piers. 
I'm Sal Pizarro from the Mercury News. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use use your your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.